It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. So glad you're here. This is going to be a fun time. On the show today, Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal is an attorney for workers and consumers. He kind of protects the average working man. Uh, He's selected as one of the top attorneys in Southern California. Norm was also inducted and recognized as one of America's most trusted lawyers in employment law. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back. Nice to be here, Bert. Uh, I thought we'd do the show today on uh, the changing paradigm as to now uh, labor is king. And uh, used to be the management was king for quite a number of years uh, in the past when you and I were fighting to uh, see if we could get minimum wage to $10, and it was a big deal. $10, oh, my God, that's just a huge sum. And now I feel like uh, we're at minimum wage of $25 an hour, $50,000 a year. It's kind of across the board. California just enacted for um, fast food workers $20 an hour minimum. That doesn't include all the tips uh, that um, are handed out. So it's about 25 across the board. But if you think back, I, you know, I, when I first started working, which was in the 60s, um, the 1960s, that is. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. minimum wage was a dollar twenty-five cents. So, if you can believe that, and uh, it's all a product of inflation. And uh, first, we had the inflation on products, and then we had the inflation on management's uh, piece of the pie and profits and. The, stock market soared, and, and now it's labor's turn. You know, the pendulum swings back and forth. It goes too far one way, then it comes back too far the other way. And what ended up happening is um, companies just went too far in their compensation for management for, uh, as a result of increased profits across the board. And now the pendulum's coming back the other way. We see uh, our president, you know, on the picket lines with uh, the UAW. So that kind of tells you something Absolutely. of where we are. And, you know, and, you know and, go ahead. And the, the deal is this. Look, you and I are entrepreneurs. Uh, we want to keep our costs as low as possible. We want to make our profits as high as possible. But I think you and I also have a, a – a, a, consciousness about our capital there's no point and and a lot of companies are like this but unfortunately there's even more companies that are not like this and what i mean to say is there is no point in paying your employees so poorly that they have to get assistance from the government uh walmart does this uh well fargo has started doing this a few years ago where they they cut everybody's hours to 32 hours uh, a week so they can get away with the bare minimum, not pay any benefits. What is the point of crushing the most important people in your business? Because if your employees are unhappy, they're going to do a crappy job. They're going to call in sick more. There's not going to be any loyalty there. And so, yes, as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, we want to keep our costs low. We want to make our profits high. 
But we also have to be aware that our employees make or break our business. Yeah, it's it's interesting how it works. Is you know, it used to be uh, unions had no power at all, and now we have the United Auto Workers. They're threatening to go on strike. We have the uh, hotel employees. They're threatening to go on on strike. We have the hospital workers uh, from Kaiser. Uh, they're threatening to go on strike. So, and they're all in unions, and they're all organized and. Unions are now at uh, their popularity is in the sixty to seventy percent. People believe in them, and that's that's a change in the paradigm where unions actually have some power and can do some things to uh, protect their employees. So that's what we're seeing, uh, and it's a good thing. I mean, they have to share the wealth with yeah. their employees. These companies uh, have made a lot of money. Um, inflation has, yeah, okay, products cost more. We get that. Everybody has that. But by the same token, everybody uh, wants to make more. And I think that's what we're seeing. And the auto workers, um, same thing. They're going to come up with a, a, an agreement, you know, and and that will be what, what they're, you know, making. Same thing with casino workers. You know, 60,000 of, of those, 75,000 health care workers. So it's it's a backlog of, of the unions, and then once the unions um, get these uh, salaries, it, it trickles down to the uh, companies that are not do not have union employees, and they'll get increase in wages. So it's going to it's like a tidal wave. It's running across the country. Uh, management uh, companies do good. Management does well. Management does well. Employees do well. And so that's where we're now we're at the level as this pendulum swings in favor of the employees. Today, uh, President Biden announced that he is, and the, the uh, med- uh, drug companies have agreed to meet with uh, government to set lower prices on the first 10 drugs that um, have market prices. Um, you know, which are way and above what's needed to make a profit. So everything is is coming into line, and uh, goods will will come, you know, will level off the cost, and in drug cases will come down. Uh, Services, the cost will go up, but people will make more. When my first job I took as a law clerk, I was making $16,000 a year. And $16,000 a year is about, you know, $15 $15 an hour, and I, that's with a law degree in uh, right. 1973. So, it, it, you know, everybody just needs to get used to it. We're, and that's why you need, wherever you go and whatever you work for, you need the, the current salaries, the current rates, um, you know, to, and to get that job and, and get what you're entitled to. Well, and, and here's the thing. Let's be real. Uh, costs are going to go up anyway. That's what companies do. So they do it in a couple of different fashions. Sometimes they will raise the prices just straight across the board, very obviously. Uh, and, and you know, they, they don't give you a, an excuse or anything. They just raise their prices because they can. It's called uh, the, uh, what do you call it, law of demand, right? So if demand raises if demand uh, goes up, they're going to raise their prices because they can't. 
whether or not it costs them more money, whether or not they're paying their employees more, they're going to raise the prices. Another way that they do it, this is really below the radar, kind of uh, uh, covertly, they reduce the amount that's in the purchase. So if you're used to, you know, if you've ever bought a big bag of chips and then you open it up, it's half empty, boom, they just raise their prices by putting less in that bag. And it's very, uh, like I said, covertly. So yeah. there's at least a couple of the ways they do it. So regardless of what they pay their employees, they raise their prices. And the pharmaceutical industry does it all the time. In fact, one of their favorite things to do is that uh, they will buy a pharmaceutical company, a smaller one, and uh, this happens very much. I think there's a recent case uh, where uh, I think it was Senator, uh, what's her name, Katie something. She's very, very good about uh, slapping these guys around. So this large pharmaceutical company bought a smaller one. The smaller one was making a, a really hefty profit as it was. They took over that company, and they immediately doubled or tripled the price of the medication because they could. It didn't cost them any more. They're still going to make a profit if they left the price alone, but no, because this is a cancer-curing-type uh, medicine. They doubled or tripled the price, and this senator, uh, she's famous for doing this, Katie something, uh, took them to task. Yeah. My thing is they're going to raise their prices any time they can regardless of their profit or their cost. Yeah, and that's why this is a good thing for the drug companies to come in and start negotiating with the government on a price because obviously the government is the biggest buyer out there. We're very fortunate in this country because we have more uh, openings for jobs than we have employees. We have 8 million jobs right now that we need employees to work. In China, on the other hand, it's completely the opposite. They have all these trained um technicians and, uh, you know, people that are, uh, do work and, and, and manufacturing jobs, really where there's no job available. And there's millions of Chinese that are, are not working. And what they're ending up doing is they're going back to live with their parents. I mean, we've seen those, that, that story before in this country. But that's where China is. So China's a real mess. And we're very fortunate now because there are all these jobs and because there's a greater de demand for employees than there are um, uh, jobs right now. There's more jobs than there, there is than, than we can fill. You ha to get the employees, you have to pay more. And this is a, a good paradigm to be in for the employees, and we're taking advantage of it in this country, and we're fortunate that we're able to do that because our dollar is strong and uh, we're in, in really good shape in, in the marketplace. So we'll see where we go. There's issues, obviously, in government. Um, you know, they, they need to get their act together. So, you know, the federal government and state governments are doing what's best for their uh, citizens and their companies and uh, not what's, uh, what's destructive. And so right. we're, we're, we've got got that issue to deal with right now, but that's kind of the last little bit of problems that we have is is figuring that out and and starting in in a time like this. This is a time when 
government's supposed to pay down its debt. When uh, we have a strong economy, strong wages, lots of uh, money coming in from income taxes, we, we have to get our, our government in order. And right now, it, it, it's not there. I don't, you know, I don't pretend to know what the answer is to it, but we're spending way too much more than we bring in. So, you know, two things have to happen. We have to bring in a little more and we have to spend a little bit less. Where that comes from is, you know, where the rubber meets the road. The trouble is that's all politics and no one wants to be the one to get less money. And, uh, you know, no one uh, um, wants to be cut off uh, from that uh, money source. So it's and no one wants to pay more taxes. So where do we go from here? Because we're we've now reached the point in in the um, in the story where um, we've got we've got wages up. You know, you and I have been fighting for an increase in wages now for well over five years, maybe closer to ten, right. and we we we've won that battle, and we've been fighting for a reduction in in drug prices forever, and we've won that battle. So now we're down to the point where you just can't keep printing money and having debt and still expect to be the uh, number one economy in the world. We need to figure out a way um, that we can uh, harness uh, the income where um, it's not a, uh, an excess burden on the employees and it's not an excess burden on companies and it's not an excess burden on capital. And, and the one way that I've seen, uh, from my experience, to do it is the uh, payroll tax. Right now the payroll tax is, is 15%, 7.5% paid by the employer and 7.5% paid by the employee. No one, and people look at their, their wage statement, they see Medicare, Medicaid, you know, you always see the deduction for that. That's what it is. And no one really says boo about it. I mean, it just comes out, the government takes it, you never touch it, and you don't, you don't count it in your money that you need to, have to spend to make ends meet, you know, the ones that are living paycheck to paycheck, or to put in your... Um, in your IRA or your retirement account or just your bank account to have for, for a rainy day. So th this is the place where um, the most painless, let me put it that way, place you can increase uh, revenues for government um, while at the same time not changing the um, anything that, that you take out of your pocket that you'll you'll miss so if it went up to eight and a half percent each which you know 17 percent no one no one's going to miss that difference but it's a huge sum when it comes out of your your payroll so and now the payrolls are going up it be, becomes a larger sum and that's the place to go that hopefully government will see that uh, where they can uh, take in some extra dollars Right, and you know, uh, backing up to you know the healthcare workers, uh, I know uh, that uh, we hear all the stuff about we have a, a nursing shortage, which is probably true. But here's what's happening, and I know this from firsthand experience because I have uh, several uh, short-term rental 
that I that uh, are rented quite regularly by traveling nurses. So if, if you are a traveling nurse, they pay you almost double what a local nurse gets paid per hour, and they pay you a living stipend to cover your rent. They pay all of your uh, travel expenses. So this doesn't make sense to me. If you can afford to pay a nurse because she's willing to travel 100 bucks an hour, why don't you pay her you know, 50 or $60 an hour and keep her at home where she wants to be anyway? Now, again, if, look, uh, a lot of the people that I've, I've interacted with, these are young people and they want to travel a little bit and, and see the world, great. Uh, I get that. But it just goes to show you how uh, messed up it is that we're going to pay a traveling nurse what equates to about $200 an hour when, it's, when you factor in everything, but you're not willing to pay a nurse, a local nurse, $50, $60, $70 an hour, and nurses are super vital. Uh, without yeah. a good nurse, everybody knows, everybody's been... If you've been to a hospital a few times for for delivering a baby or for other reasons, a good nurse makes that experience a a wonderful experience. A good nurse uh, builds that confidence. It's just a wonderful experience to have versus a ma- a bad nurse. So anyway, yeah, we have to take care of our nurses. Yeah, there's you know there's clearly a shortage. That's part of the eight million uh, jobs we need to fill and. In the hospitals, that's why the uh, Kaiser workers are are walking off either this week or next week, because there's a shortage of workers, and what they're they're fighting for is not higher wages. They're fighting fighting for hiring more nurses, exactly what you're saying, to take care of the patients because the patients aren't getting the kind of care that they'd be entitled to. The nurses are saying they're doing the jobs of two and three people, and it, it's not fair to the patient. So it's, it, everything you're saying is, is correct, and what you need is, and what we have in California, which, which really helps, are community colleges. No, everybody doesn't have to be a, a doctor or a lawyer or an Indian chief, as that used to say. Uh, you, you can be have a technician's job as a nurse and make a, a very good living wage and you go to community college or two-year college and you learn to be a nurse and this is uh and california has a great community college system and if you want to advance on it uh, after you go to community college you can go to a four-year college from from there transfer right over for additional uh education but that's what you needed, and the starting point is it's not going to happen in a day. It's going to be like we worked on raising wages. Now we have to work on filling these jobs, and there'll come a time, Bert, you and I will talk, and you'll say, well, we can't find people. We can't find jobs for everybody, and, you know, it goes, the pendulum goes back and forth. But right now we have a, a tremendous number of jobs that are going unfulfilled, and it requires, it, requires this education in california you can go to community college you know and you spend forty dollars a semester i mean it just or semester credit it just doesn't cost much to go to community college and they're working towards making it free 
And so that's the, the, the magic part of the formula. And in time, we'll have all the nurses we need, but that's not where we are right now. And so we'll get there. But uh, right, and you have to pay them more. You're right. You can't pay a traveling nurse disproportionately more than someone that lives there. But there's no one in the area that are willing to take those jobs because they don't have the training. You know, you and I cannot go into a hospital and be nurses. That's for sure. And so yeah. there's, and, and uh, you know, it's, that's the same thing with all the restaurant help. They can't go in and be nurses. They need a couple of years of training uh, at a minimum so that they can do the, just the monitoring that's involved in people. You know, they don't keep people in hospitals very long anymore if they can help it. So the people that are there, uh, they need constant monitoring, and that's, you know, the nurse's job, to, you know, to make the rounds and monitor the people and make sure what they need they're getting and what they don't need they're not getting. So, yeah, that's what's happening. And, you know, on, on the same level, casino workers, I mean, it's just, you know, now, of course, that's completely different. No one needs to be gambling in a casino, but people do it. And right. to service them, they they need to pay the casino workers more. Right. You know, they're working long hours and they aren't getting paid. And auto workers, everybody is switching over to electric uh, and hybrid cars. And there's a huge demand. And there's, you know, there's jobs by as many as you want to build these cars in America, which is a great thing, you know, with all the, uh, the auto uh, jobs here. So it's a plethora of, of good jobs, hard paying jobs that people can get and they should take advantage of it and take advantage of these higher wages that are out there and take advantage of the lower cost of, of tech school, um, uh, education to qualify themselves for these jobs that um, that are out out there and need employees to work in. Absolutely. Look, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, the, the tech schools, the trade schools, super important. Uh, you know, I would say uh, it's a balancing act because, yes, in one sense, doctors, lawyers, CPAs, might have a higher status in our society. They are certainly important, but uh, we also need those plumbers. We need our cars fixed. Uh, you know, we need our homes remodeled, all of those things. And, and if everybody um, ignores these very important trade uh, jobs, uh, before you know it, you're going to be paying more for the plumber than you are for the doctor. Yeah, you can't find a plumber today. I mean, once you have one, you just pay him whatever he says because you're happy to have a plumber fix your plumbing. <laughs> Let's face it. And, you know, a good plumber, I mean, there's a lot of people that say they're plumbers, but, you know, a good plumber is hard to find. It's, that's, uh, you know, I, I say when, you know, you buy a piece of property, make sure you have a, a good plumber on hand when you buy a piece of property because that's the most important thing. There's nothing worse than a, than a plumbing problem in anybody, where anybody lives, you know, a tenant, what? owner, whatever it's going to be. And so there, and there's, there's not enough plumbers out there that are qualified. I mean, you can, you know, what do you know? You're a contractor. You want to make yourself a plumber. 
I don't know what what you look for in, in finding someone. You, you go in the yellow pages and you get a company and someone shows up. He's an independent contractor. Who knows what his experience is? But that's that's just the way it is because there's just more jobs out there than there are people to fill them. And that's that's Absolutely. where we are right now. And it's a good thing because everybody's getting higher wages. You know, we're not talking about $10 an hour, $12 an hour, 15 or fight. Remember that fight we had? Or, you know, we were rolling right through 20 to 25. But we got to take care of our house. We got to keep it in order. We got to get um, our budget uh, on track to eventually uh, balance it like we did when uh, Clinton was president. And we got to do it in, in the least painful way. And well, um, that, and it's got to go across the board. I mean, everybody can pay a little bit more. Absolutely. And, and here's the other thing, because you mentioned, you know, we, we need to get our congressional house in order. It's real simple. Let's vote out those individuals that aren't working, which is most. Uh, vote, voting is the power that has been given to us. Don't ignore it. Let's use it. Uh, some of these people, honestly, I don't want to sound ageist, but some of these people are too old. They're, they're, they're barely functioning. It's time for them to retire. Um, you know, Orem Hatch, who I met several times. Personally, personally I liked him. But come on, it was he stayed in there too long. Um, yeah. And, and then you have the other, then you have the other politicians that spend all of their time bickering and arguing and roadblocking anything that the other side doesn't, you know, is trying to promote. I want to get rid of these people too, and it's on both sides of the aisle. If if our politicians cannot work together for the betterment of America, then we need to find others that can that to me that's like the simplest way to fix it um i I don't expect them to agree on everything but i i don't i don't need a bunch of disagreeable people because all of this chaos and all of this contention isn't making america better yeah you you don't need to be a democrat or republican you need to be a problem solver and people on the fringes on both ends were you know, everything has to be uh, given or when nothing has to be given isn't working. There's, a pro- there's what's called the Problem Solver Caucus in, in Congress. And that's uh, persons on um, Democrats and Republicans who came together uh, in the end to uh, uh, pass a, a, you know, a, a budget re- uh, referendum to get it passed, at least to keep the government open. I don't know what the big deal is keeping the government open. My God, that's the craziest thing you've ever heard. But there's people in government that that's what they're there for. They're there. They're Trump accolades that what they want to do is burn the house down. Literally. And, you know, that's what they want to do. So why would anybody ever want to put somebody that wants to destroy the country into Congress, it's it's nuts. They should be you know shown the door uh, quickly. And the, being a you know the small group, they shouldn't be heard from. They should be put in the corner and get that that little office with no windows and leave them there. Right, and and you know 
the the situation has become uh, unsustainable. Uh, bottom line is, if if there are some people in the House there that if the Republicans come up with a good idea, they're 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 going to oppose it just because they're the Republicans came up with it. If a Democrat comes up with a good idea, same thing. The Republicans are going to oppose it because they didn't think of it. And 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 we see this all the time. This 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 government shutdown thing is done all the time to embarrass what it, at whatever party is in power. And again, you know what? It's great. It's great to be able to help people, but at the same time, we can do a better job balancing our budget. You and I have spoken. Uh, several times about the fact that there are some multi-billion dollar companies that are highly profitable. They're making billions of dollars in profits a year, a year, and guess what? They get millions and millions of dollars of welfare from our government, the corn industry, the dairy industry, the beef council, uh, you name it. All of these big industries are being subsidized by our government. Well, why? They're, they're profitable. I mean, this has got to stop. And there's there's an issue there that you know across the board tax on uh, on revenues for for companies. Period. You know, the fifteen percent minimum uh, tax for companies across the board. Why not? I mean, right. it's, it's and you know, then you start there. It's just like the payroll tax. You have a minimum payroll tax. No one knows about it. Same thing with the minimum corporate tax. You go into your accountant. He's going to you know. Uh, these companies have the best accountants in the world, and he can pull every string. But at the end of the day, he can't. You can't. You got to have a tax that they can't get rid of, and it's because everything else is, you know, fungible, they can get rid of it. So if you had a corporate minimum tax, same idea. You know, you put it in there, and it's paid, and we can get. You know, it won't hurt people so much. You increase the payroll tax, it won't hurt so much. And give a little bit here and a little bit there. Uh, we're not going to get rid of the lobbyists, and we're not going to get rid of the, um, you know, we'd like to, but all things being equal, you're just not going to get rid of these uh, handouts for agriculture and oil and other uh, companies. They're just not going to go. But you can do something across the board. And that's what we have to think about uh, getting done. Because at the end of the day, you got to pay your debts off or have a, a way to pay them off somewhere, somehow. And people are making a lot of money. So now's the time to, uh, and companies are making a lot of money, to put a little, little, little more tax across the board to get this thing, uh, get the country, this house in order. Absolutely, absolutely. Norm, we're out of time. Always good to have you on the show. I'm looking forward to having you back and, and seeing, uh, what do you call it, what else we can move forward. Yeah, well, it'll be an interesting year. You know, we're going into an election year, so it's going to start to get exciting. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. And, again, get out there and vote, folks. This is your chance to make change. Norm, thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll have you back real soon. All right, Bert. Always a pleasure. Take care. That good stuff there from Norm Blumenthal. You want to reach out to Norm Blumenthal, you can reach out to him at BAM, B-A-M-C-A. No, it's BAMLawCA.com. Norm Blumenthal, consumer attorney for consumers like you and I. Um, and as always, my friends, thank you so much for being here. Let's share this episode. 
and let me know what you think. Maybe you, you think we're off base. Maybe you think we're, uh, uh, what do you call it, just craze, cray, cray, cray. So leave me a comment, but let's share this episode. Let's make some changes. Remember you. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.